Welcome to the Back Chat Show, uh, part of the Beautiful Game Network, BGN. I am Jason Smith, and I am joined, as always, by Paul Ray. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing spectacular. How are you, Jason? All right. I say, as always, even though this is the first time in 2019 that you and I have uh, got together to discuss some of the finer points of Switchbackdom um, for the upcoming season. I think last time I spoke to you, uh, we did a, we did a show... Um, was it back in September when the at the end of the season? I think you're right. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's been a, an eventful off season for for the boys in black and blue. Um, so let's uh, let let's kind of dive right in. I think last year was a pretty disappointing year. Um, it sucked. I'm sure we did a postseason show, and I'm sure we vented about how absolutely awful the team was and how frustrated we were, and probably used some profanity here and there. Um, <laughs> But uh, one of the big, one one of the first big things coming out of the off season was the partnership with the Rapids was announced. Um, now, that was kind of a surprise for me. Um, obviously, this changes things quite a bit. Uh, what did you think about that? Um, I I was taken by surprise by it. Um, I know that the uh, the the switchbacks front office had had said. Uh, early on in conversations that uh, that being a reserve team was not something they were interested in um, but obviously they kept their their feelers out on the the, the affiliate uh, side of things and yeah luckily luckily we've got a, a nice big MLS team an hour drive away and uh, you know I think I think it'll be good and I, I know uh, at our, our end of the season show we talked a, a lot about what that might look like um, yeah, and 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 so far it, it really hasn't turned out to what uh, we thought it would look like. Um, we uh, the first big thing that aside from the announcement of the affiliation, or I believe the, they're actually using the term partnership now instead of affiliation, which kind of kind of see. I haven't heard anything official or been told to call it anything about that. But uh, reading all the uh, all the media stuff that comes out from the switchbacks and the rapids and the USL refer to uh, there's no longer affiliates, but there's partnerships. Um, so I don't know if that changes the uh, the the jibe of it any or or what. But the first big thing that I noticed was that um, we got a new general manager, uh, Brian Crookham, who is the uh, let me pull up his official title here. Um, I just had this. I had this up, and now it's gone. Uh, I believe he's the the uh, director of player of youth player development for the, the Rapids, <clears throat> and um, also now serving as the GM. And I know in talking with you uh, and Mark and ever several other fans in the off season, when we heard that, we were kind of a bit nervous about it because we thought, well, there goes every player we've ever had, and now. You know our roster is going to be dictated from Commerce City, and um, it's no longer going to be about us winning championships. It's going to be about us uh, giving playing time to uh, the Rapids reserve players. Um, that was my initial worry upon seeing that, and the Switchbacks have done the exact opposite of what I was worried about, which is kind of a rare statement. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very rarely do we do uh, we go into a, off, a preseason. And we're like, wow, I really like what the, what the switchbacks are doing. Um, 
my initial worry about about all of the familiar faces and fan favorites disappearing and us having a brand new uh, set of 21 players next season was was way off base. Uh, and also started by the signing of the return of Ronnie Argetta, um, which was was a bit of a surprise coming back from his uh, one season stint in Fresno. Um, in addition to that, we we re-signed Jordan Burt, um, Jamal Jack. Uh, Shane Malcolm, uh, to go the to return of Mike Seth, the return of the uh, of Mike of Seth, Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, um, you know it's been a while since we've had. We, you know, we lost Josh Phillips. We kind of lost our murder face uh, player, and and Mike fixed that that bill nicely. Uh, we brought back Saeed, and we brought back Jordan Schweitzer. So um, you know, with Seth and Ronnie coming back, I mean that was really a sort of. Hey fans, we we uh, you know we brought back these fan favorites, um, you know two players who didn't really have much affiliation with the Rapids at all, uh, so that was a pleasant surprise um, from my point of view. Um, I don't know what do you think about it. I, I definitely agree. Um, I, I think it's a I think it was a, a very positive move uh, for the fan base, and I think it's going to be a positive move on the pitch as well. I Mike Seth. Uh, towards the end of his uh, his time with us, he uh, he was scoring scoring handfuls of goals. Uh, Ronnie in midfield uh, alongside now Jordan Schweitzer, um, one of one of the best holding midfielders with one of the best passing midfielders in the league, in my opinion. Uh, I think we're uh, I think the the switchbacks are setting up for success. Yeah, I I, I hope you're right. Um, you know, it's it's. From you know, Ronnie's fairly uh, active on social media, and you could tell towards the end of the season that he was. I I, I imagine having frustrations in Fresno. Um, you know, there's sometimes you retweet retweet stuff about you know uh, how coaches should act and and how to build winning organizations and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it was it was uh, not a surprise that he's not back with Fresno, but it definitely surprised me that uh, uh, we brought him back. Um, so in addition to that, we have we have the return of Stuart Seuss at goalkeeper, and um, that was kind of one of those things where it's was almost kind of a duh thing. I think he was one of the few players that was from the from the switchbacks that was at the uh, um, the reveal for the uh, the press conference for the switchbacks or the uh, Rapids uh, partnership, uh, which made sense because he you know initially got his start with the Rapids and and kind of uh, worked his way back to us um and now we got and then we got some new players mixed in with that and i'm gonna kind of go down i don't know what do you want to go over first who left or who we got um um i i I, let's go over the people who left for like let's go over where where the spaces were created uh before we go over who filled them in yeah well Number one, biggest one of all, uh, was the first the first uh, transaction move of the off season was the retirement of Luke Vercoloni, um, which you know, Mister Switchback, the the original Switchback, uh, not unexpected at all. Um, he had made some uh, again some some social media uh, posts, kind of hinting at it. Uh, the 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 picture that he posted of him walking off into the locker room after the last game of the season with his boots over his shoulder. I think kind of cemented the fact that that was his final game. Um, 
leadership wise that's a huge hole to fill um you know he was mr switchback i don't know i don't know how to begin uh replacing that that uh space off the field and, and on the field um I, I honestly don't know that you do. I, I honestly don't know that a single individual can replace the the emotional and psychological impact that that Luke Vercoloni had on that that locker room. Yeah. Um, and with fans, that, that's a big one. Yeah, and with and, fans. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think towards the end of the of of last season, uh, even the 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 what I call the baseball fans, the ones who kind of show up because they got free tickets from work or something like that, who loosely <laughs> follow the team, uh, know who Luke Vercoloni is, um, and knew he was you know the 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 star player on our team, the the bit the the team. So um, that's going to be a huge hole to fill. Um, the other loss that I think is going to be. Uh, uh, Probably the biggest on-the-field uh, space we leave is the departure of Josh Suggs to uh, New Mexico United, um, the new expansion team in New Mexico. Again, it was something that at, you know he's he's from the New Mexico area, uh, Las Cruces, I believe, and it was one of those things that wasn't a surprise, but was kind of deflating um, to see him leave. And he was, I think, by far the best player on the field we had last year. Um, so that that's that's bad. That's not good. That leaves quite the hole uh, in the back. Um, and not not just in the back. When you look at Josh Sugg's contribution to attack, when you look at the number of crosses, the number of successful crosses, and the number of cross attempts, he was above the next player in the league by like a hundred. Yeah. Um, so when you you think of the number of opportunities he created up front. It's not just the defense that's going to suffer from his departure. Um, uh, that is definitely another big hole to fill. Yeah, and going to to a conference rival too means that we're going to have to deal with him at least twice a year. Um, so that that's definitely a bummer. Um, but I do look forward to booing him and and insulting him on the field. <laughs> um, also uh, gone are AJ Jaqua. Uh, he went over to the Tulsa Roughnecks. Um, I know he was frustrated with his time here. I think he was. Fr- I think he's been frustrated with every team he's been with. So that really was wasn't too much of a surprise. <laughs> um, going down the list here to the legend of Myrtle Beach, Toby Uzo also went to Tulsa. So he was one of those players that I thought would really fit in well with us and really accomplish a lot, and totally did not. Um, so he's going to try to reboot his uh, career there in the uh, uh, northeastern part of Oklahoma with the Roughnecks. Um, aside from that, most of the players just seem to be out of contract. Uh, before the the before I talked to you, I kind of googled everyone, and no one has signed anywhere. I mean, we have uh, uh, Tombe Pawati. Uh, he's he's gone. Doesn't look like he signed with anyone. Marty. Uh, was not resigned. Uh, Taesong Kim, we expected to go back to Korea to uh, fulfill his military uh, obligations that they have in South Korea. Uh, Taylor Hunter, no, no word from him. Uh, Karsten Hamlin went to FC Tucson, which is in the uh, the USL. Was it 
It, it used to be USL PDL. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what uh, where they where they stand now. I've, I, it's one of those things where they used to be PDL. Um, one of the other off season changes the USL made was to rebrand every league that is under the USL umbrella. So now the second division of the US soccer is known as USL Championship. That's what we're in. Um, and then there was USL League One and USL League Two. And FC Tucson, I thought it was weird because they announced that they were moving up to USL League One and no longer being a PDL team. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I think that's what uh, I saw last was that they were no longer going to be a PDL, but they were going to be uh, this League One that is uh, has been sanctioned as Division Three. So uh, luckily, USL with their new labeling really clears up a lot of those confusions. Um, sarcasm, roll my eyes when I say that. <laughs> um, but Carson Hamlin uh, went, went to FC Tucson, and that's about it. I mean, most of the players that we had last year uh, have either gone no have have gone to uh, the vast majority of them have not been signed, have not moved on to other teams. Um, so it might be that. Uh, the the uh, decision to to leave them out of contract may be the right one by by uh, Trichu and um, Crookham to uh, not return those players. Um, out of all those, are there any that you any that you would have liked to see come back um, aside from obviously Josh Suggs and, and Luke? Um, I mean, I I I wish we we could have held on to to Uzo. I wish we could have held on to to. Marty Maben. Um, I really think that Maben Maben's season got derailed pretty early, and he never looked himself for the rest of the season once he came back from injury. Um, and I, I don't feel like uh, the the club or the fans got to really see what a what a fit Marty Maben looks like. Um, and as far as Uzo, I think he was I think he was misused a little bit. Um, yeah. He was, I don't think he was played to his strengths. Uh, and oftentimes came coming in as a sub when it was already far too late. Um, I, I I think that most of the players who are out of contract, I am surprised to see not many of them get picked up by other clubs. Um, but maybe you know maybe they know uh, maybe the other clubs know something that that we don't or that you know we maybe we overvalue some of these players because they were on our team and you know they're we're always rooting for them. Yeah. Um, I think that I think it's a little, definitely a little bit of that. Yeah, it's it's odd too because we're we're the USL currently sits at 36 teams, um, so there's definitely jobs available out there. There's positions available, um, but you know it, it seems to be a common thing where we have players that 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 go away, have one or two seasons with another team, and then just kind of uh, fall off the radar. Um, you know, just this week we saw the uh, Josh Phillips announced that he was retiring from the game, uh, which to me was just heartbreaking. Uh, I was really holding out hope that we would see him come back with this, you know, kind of mini revival we're having. Um, you know, Dave Logoric, the goalkeeper from from the first and second season, uh, really when he went to St. Louis in 2017 and. Uh, couldn't win a starting job there and he's been out of the game now for this would be a second year and I think he's kind of alluded on social media that that soccer's over for him um, but we see that a lot where players players that do really good here go to other teams and are just not successful and 
I, I mean, you know, you look at Josh Phillips. I mean, he was the backbone of our defensive line for uh, three years, and um, he didn't play much in in uh, the Timbers too, and, uh, and just you know, it kind of stopped his career. You know, Davila, he was nominee for for goalkeeper of the year in 2016 and couldn't really produce when he went elsewhere so i don't know if that's a testament to trichu coaching these guys up or we just have the secret sauce and it's the altitude or something here i don't know but um, there's something in the water there's something in the water yeah um so uh those guys are gone and uh, we also picked up some new names um i'm going to kind of run through these Fairly quickly, um, we picked up uh, one of the things that I personally notice uh, or look for in these off seasons, and I see players who do successful or who are successful are typically players that come from other USL teams. Um, I've noticed players that we pick up who are, you know, in just out of college or you know from a combine or, or whatever, typically are kind of on the edge uh, or PDL. You know, Toby Uzo, he was. The you know, number two overall, uh, uh, he was ranked number two in the PDL, and didn't obviously didn't have much success. Uh, but one of the first names that we, we picked up was uh, was uh, Ish, Ishmael uh, Jome. Ismailia Jome. Yep, or, or Ish, as I was told to call him. Um, yep. He comes over and he's got quite. I, I figure you probably know a bit about him because he's uh, spent some time in Minnesota, both of the NAS, NASL and the. Uh, USL team. What, what, what do you know about this dude? Um, he uh, he actually he joined Minnesota United FC in their last uh, their last NASL season. Um, so it was after I had moved uh, moved out here to Colorado. I was obviously still following the team. Um, he he never re- made a huge impact in Minnesota, but he was also he was competing with fan favorites for for the starting job. Um, I, I think he definitely has a lot of potential. He's still young, um, and he's uh, he's he's not a big dude. He's tall, but he's not he he's uh, I think he's he's rated somewhere around 160 pounds, but he's like six foot six foot one, six foot two. Yeah. So he's not going to be the kind of uh, bossing people off the ball like Toby Uzo. Um, so it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh to see what kind of impact he can make i i saw that he scored a a, a brace in one of our preseason games uh just a while back here yeah. um so you know hopefully that's a an indicator of of things to come yeah um yeah he he got nine appearances for the nasl team um and when Minnesota United went to the big leagues, the MLS, he did get 12 appearances there. Uh, spent last year in Nashville in the USL and, and appeared in 18 games there, which is not not too shabby. I mean, so he's definitely got experience at this level, and um, that's really what what it seems like the most successful players have is that experience at the USL level. Um, when coming to us is kind of a lateral move instead of coming down from from. Uh, uh, MLS are coming up from PDL, but we picked him up. And uh, in addition, uh, we have boop, 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 boop. Alex Milano. Uh, he's another one we, we picked up previously, a free agent. He's another player that that has experience with other uh, USL teams. Um, he comes from uh, started out in the FC Dallas program. Um, 
graduated from the IMG Academy, which is kind of a prestigious athletic academy in uh, uh, Florida um, for high school. And he's kind of been around the block. Um, most recently, uh, he played for, for the Swole Park uh, Rangers in 2016. Last year was with North, North Carolina FC. I'm sorry, he, 2017 he was in North Carolina FC. Doesn't look like he played in 2018. Um, but again, he had, there's, there's that lateral experience coming from USL team to USL team. So uh, I, I, see, I, I like to see him uh, be successful as well. Uh, 26-year-old guy, so... Um, spend some time as well on on the uh, the United States U17 and U20 teams. Uh, on the U20s, had five five uh, caps for with three goals. So I mean, he's not something. He, he's got something there. Um, he scored his first professional goal against us uh, in 2016, according to Wikipedia. So. Um, well, there you go. There you go. Uh, perfect fit. Uh, next was was a signing that I, I believe was mainly attributed to uh, new general man- manager uh, uh, Brian Crookham, and that was uh, two fellows from Ghana. And this was this was interesting because uh, when 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 I first heard this, it was like, okay, well, let me go look them up, and there is literally nothing on them. Um, Quasi Dansu. And uh, Ibrahim Yarrow both played with uh, with the Ghanaian team. I'm a butcher. Medema, M E D E A M A. So we've got kind of replacing the Cameroon contingent with the uh, new new. Uh, Ga- uh, this pronunciations are going to kill me this year. I could just see it. Ghanaian. Is that how you pronounce Ghanaian. it? Ghanaian. Ghanaian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got two new Ghanaian players that we know next to nothing about. Literally, their fa- their Wikipedia page was created uh, the day after they were signed, and the only entry the only uh, entry into them is that they signed with the Switchbacks. So, um, qua- yeah, yeah, Quas- Quasi uh, Dunsu is is listed as midfielder. Uh, he's uh, 23 years old, and uh, Ibrahim Yaro is uh, also 22 years old, uh, listed as central defender. Um, and then we have what, uh, one, one of the, uh, one of the, the main points of getting this partnership, uh, with the Rapids is that they were supposed to send down, uh, you know, four to five loan season long loan players to us. And they, uh, we just officially announced the first one, uh, Sam, oh, Sam Rabin. I, sh- I really should have looked up pronunciations. Uh, hopefully, someone will send me an angry email telling me how I mispronounced her name. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a uh, homegrown player for the Rapids, just freshly signed, uh, just drafted. He um, first professional career, and um, yeah, he's our our first loan of the uh, of the year. He's um, out of uh, Greenwood Village, Colorado. Uh, went to Wake Forest. Um, not really much in the terms of professional uh, career. This, I think, is his first year as a pro. So he is the our our first uh, loan now, and we don't really have any idea who else we're going to be getting. Um, 
I feel like we're probably not going to have that solidified until after the Rapids finish up some more of their preseason and figure out, you know, what trialists they're keeping um, and what guys need uh, need time down at the switchbacks. Yeah. Um, I know when the Rapids did their Florida preseason trip with some scrimmages, uh, Jordan Schweitzer tw- went up and trained with him as a trialist. Uh, he did not join them in their their uh, trip to, I think, Arizona this year, or this preseason. So it look, doesn't look like he's, he's going to be uh, called up to the big leagues. Um, we are without a backup goalkeeper, and um, the Rapids are currently sitting with three. And uh, I know they got, they obviously, um, my mind just went blank. I went blank on goalkeepers. Who are the goalkeepers for the Rapids, my friend? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, did, was there any news regarding the Secretary of Defense, Tim Howard? Uh. Yeah, t- uh, Tim Howard, I imagine, is probably never going to step foot in Colorado Springs uh, unless <laughs> in, unless he is, for some reason, driving down to, uh, I don't know, Vegas or something, doesn't want to go through the mountains. Uh, Clint Irwin, uh, the man that Tim Howard kind of... Uh, shoved out of the starting goalkeeper position or re-signed with him. Um, again, he is someone who I can't imagine would be down here very much. Uh, the other goalkeeper, uh, let's see here, Andre, Andre Rawls, and oh, there's one more, and I'm going through the list. Yeah, Andre Rawls. He, uh, uh, if I recall, he was someone that they had traded for uh, big potential um, it, there was kind of a rumor, uh, you know, the, kind of the scuttlebutt that he might be coming down uh, to the Springs. Uh, he's 27 years old. Um, haven't really heard anything about that afterwards. Um, you know, the team is the team is very hush hush on who's. You know, they 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 show a picture of the of who's playing, but they don't really say who's playing and who subs we don't get we don't get the starting 11s or any of that so uh, I heard mentioned that there's five people from the open tryouts who are training with us um, and apparently we do have a goalkeeper uh, who I have no idea who it is because I haven't been to any of the preseason games and it hasn't been reported um, so I would imagine we were going to get another goalkeeper either from Either a backup to Stuart Seuss or or uh, Andre Rawls coming down. Um, either way, you know, I mean, we obviously need to have a backup goalkeeper. Um, I don't know if you follow Stuart Seuss on on uh, on on Twitter or Facebook, but he's been um, he's been posting his workout videos and his training videos, and uh, he seems. I mean, he's maybe a bit older, but he seems uh, something different about him. I can't quite place it. It looks like he put some bulk on. Um, I, the, there was a starting eleven picture of their last game against Reno in in Salt Lake City, and he looked like a giant among boys. Uh, he yeah, was he, dude, dude is ripped. Yeah, uh. he is large <laughs> and in charge. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him nail down that starting position and mainly because we have no idea who's coming uh, up behind him. Um, as for any other potential players coming down, I mean, I, 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 I don't really have any idea who we could bring, they could bring down. Uh, you know, need-wise, we, we seem to be doing like we did last year, stocking up on 
versatile midfielders who could also play defense and defensive players. But when it comes to forwards, you know, we've got uh, you know, Mike Seth, Saeed Robinson, and uh, Shane Malcolm. So, you know, I, I don't, we, we, we've definitely got a need. Um, now I'd hope we'd fill out those positions from the, the Rapids. You would think, right? I, you know, I would hope so. Um, I would hope that we, that we could, uh, that we could, uh, utilize that relationship, uh, and, and pull some folks down. I know, I mean, we, we had, uh, um, we had a forward from them last season for a while, Nikki Jackson. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too surprised to see him come back, but at the same time I have seen him making more appearances for their first team. So he may, he may be uh, done and dusted with his, uh, his USL days, but um, yeah, I, it's definitely a spot that needs depth. Um, well, and I'm, we, uh, I'm hoping, Depth is something that we've often struggled with. Yeah, and I'm thinking back, you know, the, the players that we have gotten from the Rapids, uh, or we've that been loaned down to us the previous seasons, before the partnership, um, not they really haven't been all that successful. Um, I mean, Nicky Jackson last year, I, I can't think of really anything he did for us or, or make a difference. And in fact, I, th- I only think he played maybe four or five games tops, um, coming off the bench in a couple of them. Um, while I'm thinking- I think the uh, the one that I can think of that did very well for us was Sam Hamilton, um, who had uh, a stellar stellar passing uh, accuracy uh, right up there with with um, Jordan Schweitzer. Yeah, um, and Sam Hamilton, I believe, signed with New Mexico, um, so won't be seeing him um, back on our team. Uh, the other thing, and this is this is actually before they announced it, that I got an email this morning that we uh, be announcing later on this uh, this afternoon of um, when this podcast was recorded on on uh, Thursday is that we signed uh, defender Chris Reeves um, from he's a defender uh, played with FC Dallas uh, and uh, um, six foot two defender. Uh, not much about him otherwise. He, I, I definitely know he's been playing with the team, the picture that the team put out uh, of the of the starters uh, at the last game against Reno. He was in that picture, even though he wasn't named. Um, but he's, he is a former homegrown player for FC Dallas, uh, another Wake Forest uh, Demon Deacons product, uh, but uh, not much pro experience Um uh, looks like he had two appearances uh, for FC Dallas last year. So another name, another defender, uh, someone else coming in back there. Uh, that will be announced later on today. By the time this podcast gets out, it'll be public knowledge. So, um, so yeah, defenders and midfielders, uh, which seems to be a, a consistent theme. Um, for the for everything we've done before, uh, not much in the front line. No, not a lot of uh, standout goal scorers, except for Shane Malcolm and Saeed Robinson. Now, if Saeed can come back 
in the same vein that he finished the season with last year. Um, you know, Saeed comes back in, does what he did last season. Uh, at the end of last season, that'll be great. Um, but I wouldn't mind ha- seeing seeing something a little more, uh, seeing some more depth at, at the front. Yeah, I, depth depth up front is um, is paramount. Uh, we we've seen firsthand with this team what can happen when. Uh, when we have somebody injured or, God forbid, a suspension, anything like that. Um, and it basically turns the next few games into a wash, like basically points that we can expect to lose if we don't have the depth, uh, quality depth, to, to fill in those slots if anybody gets hurt or, or gets suspended or anything like that. Um, we also, uh, looking at the, the signings we have made, um, they're definitely last season goal scoring was a problem for us. Um, we've we've never really had that bad of a goal scoring uh, drought in in my uh, in my estimation in my memory. I don't think we've ever been that uh, that poor in front of net, um, and that is definitely something that needs to improve. Obviously, adding defenders um, it, it, it's important for us to get a good back line to make sure that we aren't leaking goals at the back um but you have to score to win and uh i think we uh will struggle with that if we don't bring in some more strong forwards yeah 36 goals we scored last year uh as compared to 2017 when we scored 50 something let me pull it back up here i look i look at the number and then just like completely exits my mind scored 55 goals in 2017 which was uh again a non-playoff year uh so Definitely was a problem. Um, speaking of playoffs, another one of the announcements that the USL made when, when uh, announcing the uh, conference alignments and uh, is that the playoffs are going to be expanded by uh, two teams per conference. They're going to have a the the 7th through 10th place teams have a play-in uh, for the playoffs. So essentially... Uh, 10th place will play 7th place, 8th place will play 9th place, but uh, if this was in effect in the previous two seasons, uh, you know, we would have went to the playoffs in 2017. We were in 9th place in the conference, and last year we would have fought for that final 10th spot. We were in 11th place. So there's more playoff spots available, which is a good thing for, for us if we happen to have another season where we're not quite as dominant as we have been in the past. Yeah, that that is uh, that is yeah, and getting inaccurate. Yeah, getting into the tournament is the main uh, is the main thing because uh, you know last year and the year before, um, you know there was a lot of uh, there was a, there there was a lot of teams that that just kind of surprised. Uh, 2017, I think every away team in the first round won against the home team. So, uh, you know, it's a new season, uh, and now that those two additional spots are open, should give us a little bit more to look forward to uh, at the end of the season, hoping, of course, we're not in a position to care about uh, the ninth and 10th places in our uh, conference, knock on wood. Yeah, um, that, <laughs> I, I would like to be uh, firmly, firmly ahead and uh, not worrying about those teams. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, 
coming up, the season starts uh, coming up on March 9th, which is just a little over two weeks away. We travel to uh, LA Galaxy, um, Los Dos. We open up the season against them. Um, then we come home on the 16th and open our homestand against the Sacramento Republic. Now, it's obviously we, it's hard to make predictions going into a season because especially at this level where there's so much player movement and everyone's got a new coach except us um it's hard to say who's going to be good who's going to be bad so uh, but um you know looking at the schedule one of the things that stands out to me is, is we uh, we have we basically got play every every saturday um which will be nice for the players uh because that means they won't have to make those mid midseason uh, play three games in eight days adjustments. The first Wednesday game we have is at Tulsa, and I think looking at it, Saturday, Saturday. Uh, the the only other non-Saturday game that I recall was the Fourth of July. Yeah, that's thir- Thursday. Thursday at home, we get that because the team formerly known as the Sky Sox have ran off to San Antonio, and we got the oh, I don't even know what the hell to make of there what are the the, the groovy the what the, the wave what is there <laughs> I, I, I the don't chill their their mascots a s'more i don't, I, I, I don't know a s'more. it is uh, literally early early, uh, early and, august is going to be a little tight we've got a we've got a game saturday the third wednesday the seventh and then saturday the tenth um obviously not as bad as it's been in the past but uh yeah, no, I think I think they've done a pretty good job optimizing the schedule for the for the health and safety of players. Yeah, um, and from the, on the player side, not just health and safety, but getting into a rhythm too. Knowing you, that you're you're going to have a full week of practice. There's no weird traveling, um, things like that. So hopefully that will yeah. that will pan out. Um, you know, uh, we open the season at at LA. Um, I actually think this is this is the second season we've opened up L- at LA. We opened uh, last year at the Galaxy. Um, no, we uh, opened up at home against the Galaxy on March seventeenth and beat them two to nothing. So hopefully we can reproduce that. Um, other switchback team news. Um, I think we ended the season last year with the expectation that uh, we were going to be breaking ground on a new stadium downtown in the CityGate area. Um, bold new plan was announced. Everyone was happy about that. And the last thing I heard about that was that the uh, the the city has asked the um, state tourism board for a year extension to, to start breaking ground on that. Uh, so they have to make considerable progress by December of 2019, I think is what I saw. Um, it's hard to get anything down on that because, you know, I asked the team and it's very, you get, well, you know, there's this and this, and, and apparently um, it's, it's arguments about tax dollars and downtown events seem to, to be a touchy subject here in town. But I know that the, the original goal was to begin play in 2020 with a groundbreaking in the past December of 2018. And I don't think that is going to happen. Um, nothing official has been announced, but um, I don't think this will be a last season at uh, Widener Field um, unless they can pull off something miraculous. Uh, I've, I've seen a couple articles and editorials in local 
business journals and local papers about possibly them breaking ground in this summer, summer of 2019, which would give the switchbacks a little under a year to complete the, the stadium, to have it ready for 2020. And uh, since it's not one of the generic pop-up stadiums like Phoenix had, where they had that you know, thrown up in, in six weeks, I, I can't imagine <laughs> that, that we're going to play uh, regular season games um, in, it, in it next year. I just don't see that happening. Have you heard anything? Seen anything? No. Um, and I, honestly, I've been a little bit uh, a little bit concerned about the uh, the the lack of any new information about that. Um, you know, I'm down in that part of town uh, pretty often, and I'm always a little bummed at that I'm not seeing you know stadium construction going on. Yeah. Uh, but y- if it's if it is extended by a year or two. Honestly, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think right now um, the team needs to focus on the product on the field and making sure that we have uh, a team that's going to draw enough people to fill that new stadium. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 need to, we need to, you know, have a couple more repeat playoff seasons, you know, maybe get, get ourselves a, a trophy or two. Yeah. Uh, silverware, as Mark Turner would say. Yeah. Um, and you know it, the, before, go ahead. before worrying about the stadium. Yeah, well, and you know, fans, you know, we kind of look at that, and I know that you know ownership. You know, there one of the advantages we got about with this partnership with the Rabbits is it kind of takes the the on the field product kind of takes that a little bit out of the hands of ownership, um, and allows the on field product to be managed by you know Crookham and by Trichu and 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 kind of. An additional layer between the front office and the the product on the team, um, because I, I know that that the stadium is something that you know obviously the ownership is uh, spending a lot of uh, time invested in it. It's it, it's kind of weird, you know the 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 tax money that's going to go towards the stadium, the deal that that, we, that they've all worked out. Um, you know, we the tax money is from. Uh, it is from the state. It's already been collected, so there's no new taxes on it. But this, the money has to be. The money cannot be used until there's what they call a substantial progress made in the construction of the um, buildings. And we've kind of tied in. You know, we we brought in uh, Widener Homes, uh, Widener Apartments, who are apparently going to build condos there on the space overlooking the stadium. Um, we brought them in. We made a partnership with Colorado College to put a new hockey arena in. I know last week that uh, Colorado College there was a uh, a, a, a town meeting, and uh, and all the old North End residents were there upset about the building a new, new ice rink for Colorado College. Um, so you know there's 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 going to be issues there. There's going to you know. Right now, we're kind of in a situation where the team and needs to start spending money to construct the state the stadium before the state says, "Okay, now you've made enough progress. Here's the tax money." So it's kind of a, a chicken or an egg thing. Um, you know, we need the money to get started, but we can't get the money until we start. So that's kind of the holdup, and and that's why the official 
progress has been delayed to 2019 in December is to give the team and, uh, you know, Widener and Colorado College an opportunity to start uh, progress on it aside from, you know, just procuring the the, the properties and having blueprints and, and uh, renderings of it. So, like I say, I, I can imagine maybe it being close to being finished at the end of next year, maybe having a, uh, a couple exhibitions there um, while it's still under, under modest construction. But I don't think this will be the last year we spend at Widener Field on Barnes. Um, I would agree. <laughs> and uh, as, having witnessed the all of the the pre-stadium uh, nonsense, uh, watching uh, Minnesota United figure out their new stadium, um, watching Minneapolis and St. Paul essentially uh, bickering over it, um, and eventually leading to the stadium being in St. Paul rather than Minneapolis, uh, there all sorts of things go into even breaking ground, um, you know, asking the city for tax breaks on construction materials, all, all this background stuff that has to happen before breaking ground. And, and then you add in the fact that we have to spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, it doesn't give me a great deal of confidence that we'll be playing in a new stadium anytime soon. Um, I'm happy that it hasn't been, you know, shut down and canceled, uh, as far as anybody knows, yeah, there, uh, there's money has been put into this. I mean, the, uh, a share of the Widener Widener Field or Widener Homes, Widener Apartments, Widener is now part owner of the the Switchbacks. They bought a stake in it. Um, they bought the actual property there, and they've they've procured property for Colorado College. So there's been investments made. There's been people besides you know the Reagans and and you know random. Uh, entrepreneurs in town having a plan for it. There's been money has been spent, so I, I can't imagine this project going down without a fight. And likewise, I can't imagine this. This uh, on the other hand, I, I can't imagine it uh, opening day March of 2020. Us being us being there, I just can't see that happening. Um, uh, it would it would take a, it would take a, a rapid succession of miracles, a series of fortunate events, yeah. if you will. <laughs> well, not, not just not just the stadium, but you got to have parking available. You've got to have some sort of plan for what to do there. You know, you got to talk about the Drake Power Plant um, that's still operating. Um, one of the things that kind of worried me is that the rendering they had of the rendering they have of the stadium is. Uh, facing southwest with Cheyenne Mountain in the background, um, which struck me as odd because you think anything in Colorado Springs, you want to have it, you know, the Pikes Peak being the, the backdrop for it, until I realized that the power plant uh, is directly between the new stadium and Pikes Peak. So uh, I know there's there's plans in place to eventually shut down Drake power plant, but you know, for now it's still pumping out the giant cloud of uh, emissions. So that's another worry I have is how that's going to go about playing. Um, you know, when we're a block away from a, a large coal power plant. Yeah, yeah. And one of the one of my big concerns with the the stadium is you, you mentioned parking. 
Um, parking is a problem in itself, but just trying to imagine those city streets uh, trying to exit after a game, um, they, they're going to need to do some work with the city on traffic management and figuring out how uh, you know how best to arrange the exits of said, said parking structures or parking areas. Uh, it, it's it could turn into a nightmare in that part of downtown. So uh, there's a lot there's a lot more going into it than just uh, coming up with a, a pretty stadium uh, design and and plopping it down. Yeah, and, and my hope is and I, when I spoke with Nick Reagan about this last year, uh, I asked him about the possibility of partnering with. Uh, the the Mountain Metro Transit Authority and, and doing like a shuttle, you know, where people come and you know say park at the Citadel Mall and then a, and a special shuttle, you know, to, picks them up and takes them down. Uh, that would stuff like that would be a huge relief on the idea of parking and, and all that. And um, he said that that's something that they're looking into. But yeah, there's there's a lot besides you know the actual field and the stands that goes into putting the stadium up. So. Um, yeah, I mean that that overflow parking, that that sort of idea, you know, we see it in effect with Cheyenne Mountain Zoo, um, and it works great for them, you know, parking yeah. offsite and and shuttling hundreds and you know thousands of guests uh, throughout the the busy the busy peak days and stuff like that. So I I think there are options there, um, but yeah, as you said, probably not even going to be something to worry about for another. Uh, probably two years if we're if we're honest with ourselves. Yeah. And uh, the other, I'm trying. I'm running down the the off season. Seems like this off season has just dragged on. Like like it's been three years since the 2018 season. Um, so I'm mentally trying to go through my checklist of things that have happened. Uh, one of the big p- pieces of news that just came out is uh, the official formation of the Four Corners Cup, which. Uh, yes is something that a lot of people have been wanting for quite a while. Um, you know, I mean, I know we've been talking about it since season one and, you know, all we just need is to have New Mexico or Albuquerque have a team and we're there, we're there. And, um, you know, the guys at, at uh, and the, the supporters in Phoenix, you know, uh, the guys who run some of the podcasts there, you know, we talked about them and they're all into it. But um, for those that don't know, um, you know, I'm with the Trailheads. Uh, we got together with the uh, the Red Army of uh, Phoenix, the Wasatch Legion of Salt Lake City, and the Curse in New Mexico, and we all got together. and The Four Corner Cup is real. We're going to have a a trophy, which is basically going to be a replica of the four states with a with the geographical marker uh, in the middle in the Four Corners area. Um, the way that it works is not, there aren't extra games we're going to be playing throughout the season. I had to explain this to somebody, but this, <laughs> what it's, what, what this is, is that each team plays each other twice a year during the regular season. So we're going to have a separate table of just our four teams and a, of our head to head competitions. And the winner of that will get, uh, the coveted, uh, four corners trophy. Uh, I hate to say cup now. I mean, we call, we're calling it cup, but it's a plaque. But it's not a cup, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's not a, it's it's a cup, but it's not a cup. Um, but um, I mean, it, one of the one of the big ones that very similar to this uh, in MLS would be the Cascadia Cup, where mm-hmm. you have uh, Portland Timbers, Seattle Sounders, Vancouver Whitecaps, um, that whole the, the Cascade Mountain region. Um, you know, 
keeping track of, of their points uh, and wins against one another in a separate table yeah. uh, for bragging rights in their region. And that's that's essentially what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's... it's uh, to, to, uh, per- personally speaking, it's, it's nice to have... Obviously, we, we root for the switchbacks no matter what. We support them no matter who they're playing. But, you know, since, since the first season, we've always talked about who's our rival, who's our rival, who do we hate more than another. And we, aside from, you know, the, the oh, well, you must be a rival with Salt Lake City because you're both in the mountains. You know, aside from that sort of generic forced rivalry, um, you know, we haven't had anything really... There's really been no teams that we've had a continuing hatred of. I mean, you know, Oklahoma City, yeah, the first couple of years, they were our, our competitive rivals for playoff spots, but as the years go by, you know, they get worse and we get worse. Um, <laughs> that kind of rivalry just, just kind of goes away because now, you know, Oklahoma City, their rival is Tulsa. Um, all the Texas teams, their rivalries are with each other. Um, you know, in California, those teams, you know, all have a natural built-in rivalry. You know, Orange County, L.A., um, Sacramento and and uh, um, Fresno, you know. So, for us to and another part of of the an obstacle for us having a rivalry is that we are so geographically isolated from the rest of the conference. Um, you know, it no matter where we go, it's a ten to twelve hour drive, and it's not like back east where you you can you know get in a car, drive two hours to a, to an opposing team's you know, stadium, uh, for, for folks here, it's a, it's a multi-day event to be able to go out to other games. Um, and before it was just whenever we, you happen to be, you know, I've got family in Oklahoma, so I've been trying to schedule going to see my family in Oklahoma against the switchback schedule. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people kind of do that too. Um, except with Vegas, because there's always a reason to go to Vegas, but (laughs) it's not, now that we have this, it's like, okay, now, priority takes place you know albuquerque is is not that bad of a drive going south um you know same with with phoenix uh that's probably the first furthest away from us and and salt lake city or i think playing in sandy now um so it's it ties all of us together because we all were we all in the same boat you know for phoenix i think it was a five six hour drive for them to get to um or even more than five, six hours. I think it was a good eight, ten hours for them to get to the LA teams. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this. Um, I know I'm not the only one. I I know you know you've been amped for it since day one as well. Um, Absolutely. And it and, and it's not just you know the trailheads. You know, it's not something that just the trailheads are involved in. It's all the supporters. You know, Phoenix has six or seven supporter groups. Um, you know, in in New Mexico, they've got the the uh, the curse and the Sandinistas, um, you know us. We got the Bruisers and we've got the Switchback or the Trailheads. So it's it's about all supporters. It's not just a Trailhead sort of thing. It just happened to be, you know, I you know I ended up being the one that got pulled into it. So it, it's it's all the supporters, all the fans, and uh, you know I for one can't wait for the day when we can you know walk down Tejon and see the big ass plaque in the front window of. Uh, of the, the the switchbacks offices and say yeah, we won that damn it, so I'm really yeah. excited about it. I I am too. I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, and I I hope to have the opportunity to 
to drive to some of the away uh, legs of, of, of these uh, games against these guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be... Uh, I was thinking the, the New Mexico trip wouldn't be too bad. Um, I know there's been talk and the, the trailheads have been discussing it, but you know we don't play out in New Mexico until, until September 14th, um, which kind of makes it a little bit hard for people with kids in school and whatnot, but... Uh, I don't know. You know, when we find out, you know, we when we we've got the full table of when the games are. Um, you know, the Switchbacks posted it uh, the other day. The USL posted it. Uh, it's on the Trailheads group, which I think just about everyone in the world can get into. Um, but it, it lists all the days <laughs> of the games and all the away games. So um, definitely, if 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 you if you can go to you know go to Salt Lake City, go to uh, Phoenix, or go to to uh, New Mexico, it'd be great if we could have everyone together and and uh, you know make a little section of the uh, stadium black and blue. Absolutely, and not just black and blue. Our new away kits are a, black and white. A little and bit of red. Good, good lord, do I love those new away kits with the vertical black and white stripes? Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I, I like them. It's definitely definitely a bit more creative than the. <laughs> the away kits that the Rapids revealed, which was white. <laughs> oh, just, just... Very, very much like the uh, Minnesota United's uh, uh, new away kit that is literally just white. Just, just white. The only accents to it are like the, the logo and the team or the uh, sponsor. Um, <laughs> I, I was I was looking at them online, uh, and the authentic jersey is like 120 bucks. The replica jersey is like eighty bucks. The replica jersey is just a straight up T-shirt, with <laughs> just a white T-shirt with the Rapids logo and uh, you know a name on the back. So our jersey, our away jerseys, I think will look nice. I, I, I uh, the fact that they match our home jerseys in design, I, I really like. It kind of always bugged me that our jerseys never really matched. You know, our, I I thought. Yeah. Our, I thought our black and gray jerseys were pretty awesome for the first couple seasons. Um, our our away jerseys for those seasons were kind of nifty too, but they didn't match. So I'm I'm really really excited uh, to get my hands on one of the one of the new away jerseys. And yeah, that little bit of red in the collar, just 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 a skosh, just so we can say red is red is part of our official colors. Absolutely, and and I I was joking with uh, with our associate Mark Turner um, as. Everyone knows that I'm a I'm a Newcastle United fan in the Premier League, and they wear vertical uh, black and white stripe kit, um, rather iconic for them. And I was joking with Mark Turner that I could wear the Switchbacks jersey to uh, Newcastle watch parties because the Geordies will be so drunk they won't recognize the difference. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, it's got some utility to it as well for me. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. I have no idea when they're going to start selling them. Uh, Annie said she's already bought two, but then again, Annie is is Annie. Um, she's Annie's put as much money into the club as the Reagans, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, she's <laughs> like I think I spend a lot of money on Switchbacks crap, but man, she's got me beat hands down. I mean, she is. We love you, Annie. You're you're insane. Um, <laughs> In the best possible way. In the best possible way, yeah. As as, uh, the announcer says during the game, uh, celebrate your switchback fandom in your own wacky way. And her wacky way is to uh, cruise around town with a pair of binoculars looking for anyone associated with the team to get get a selfie with. Um, 
So, no idea when this podcast will be out. Um, we're we're changing our uh, where we we where we upload it to. We're going to be going strictly to the the uh, the beautiful game network, and we'll be on their schedule. But uh, the upcoming switchback schedules, we do have a couple of uh, preseason games coming up um, here today. In fact, in about 15 minutes, uh, we play Real Monarchs at uh, in Salt Lake City. Um, February 21st, 21st, 24th, I'm sorry. February 24th, uh, we play um, Colorado Real Development Academy at the Real Complex, um, and I think Arvada. Um, February 26th, we have another preseason game against the Air Force Academy uh, at the Air Force, probably in their beautiful indoor training facility. And then uh, March 2nd is our only uh, preseason game at Widener Field against... Uh, University of Denver, um, which, uh, for those who don't follow college soccer, uh, DU has become quite the dominant team in the past four or five years, and I know we've had quite a player, quite a bit of players who have ties to to the University of Denver, so uh, definitely looking forward to that game. Um, I think tickets are like five bucks, um, and I know that the front office was selling the the combo tickets where you get the the uh, open cup and preseason game for a certain price. But that's on March 2nd at 1 p.m. Um, season ticket holders are uh, the annual uh, Switchback Season Ticket member party is at the Gold Room uh, March 6th from 6 to 8. It's a Wednesday before the season starts. Um, I assume we'll, uh, well, will you be there? I, I know you don't get season tickets, but... Uh, I am I am not 100% sure. I'm I, uh, just uh, about to start a new job, and my scheduling is not 100% clear yet. So yeah. I will... Uh, <laughs> Hi, I'll, I'll, welcome to the job. Okay, you want these days off? Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> but that's at the Gold Room uh, from six to eight. Uh, any any season ticket member that's been there before, you know, that's when they hand out the the your actual tickets. Um, some sort of trink. Last year they gave out coins with Trichu's face minted on them. Uh, previously they you know <laughs> scarves and pins. Uh, meet and greet with all the players. Uh, the trailheads will be there. Um, well, I'll be selling the new trailhead scarf, uh, which I just got an email, which should be in tomorrow, which means I got a lot of crap I need to get done tomorrow. Um, <laughs> uh, the first game, uh, March 9th, Saturday night, I know the trailheads will be having a watch party, I think, at Jack Quinn's. I assume the Bruisers will be having something similar at uh, Atrevida. At- 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 did I pronounce it right? Atrevera. Um Roll roll that R. You actually did better at, than me. Atrevera. <laughs> at um, I'll, I'll let Richard Jesfiero correct you on yeah. uh, on the pronunciation. Send, I won't. Yeah, send I'm all, too white for that. <laughs> send all hate mail to me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure the Bruisers will be having some activities up there. They they've really taken off with the uh, that, uh, that with with their uh, their brewing the. Uh, they're really taking off, uh, both both the Bruisers and the the Fieros uh, business there. I've been following them on social media. I keep meaning to get down there, but I never have the chance. But um, man, uh, they've they've got they've got a lot of good beers. I I could spend all day there and a lot of money there. <laughs> um, so yeah, if if you're on the fence, you know you've got two places to go check out. Uh, definitely support the home team one way or the other. Otherwise, the game's going to be on ESPN Plus, like all the other freaking games this season. Uh, so get your credit cards out and prepare to give five ninety nine to uh, the mothership at ESPN. Um, 
And aside from that, man, we're just like a couple weeks away from, from this thing rolling. Uh, any other thoughts, observations? Just anything I um, I had I had one thing that uh, that I wanted to touch on, but it's probably a huge can of worms to tag on to the, the end of the episode. Let's, let's do it. Um, and that is the uh, the formation of the an official players union um, for the oh, USL. Oh yes, a huge huge point of contention. Um, something if anybody follows Ronnie Argetta on mm-hmm. on social media, um, it's something that he has been pounding uh, after for for several years. Um, you know, trying to to get the advocacy and the representation for the players, um, and that uh, officially the USL voluntarily sat down with the negotiation. I think in November, late November, um, but that was a that was a huge off season thing that happened. Yeah. That that will be a huge benefit to players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I almost mentioned that when I mentioned Ronnie signing with us because he was such a vocal uh, advocate for it, uh, both last preseason and I think a couple. Of references this preseason i was actually kind of concerned that he might get blacklisted with some clubs because he was very very vocal in his uh um support of the need of 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 having a a a players union and the fact that the usl recognized the players union without any issues and just a couple days ago they both had press uh, press releases that they've sat down and have begun hammering out a collective bargaining agreement for 2020 um Big big news, great for the players. Um, you know the the uh, while we're while the USL Championship is the second division in U.S. soccer, um, the play a lot a lot of t- times the players um, don't get compensated nearly as much as one would think they they do. Um, a lot of players, especially the foreign players, uh, live in uh, you know housing that's that's. Um, and this isn't just the switchbacks; it's many, many teams. But live in housing that's that's provided by the team, um, which which you know in some cases you would have a two bed almost dorm, almost a dorm, uh, two bedroom apartments with four beds in them. Uh, so it's for for players who you know are starting on their national teams for their respective countries, and um, you know basically pulling in a little little around minimum wage right now and. Um, you know, living in 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 uh, uh, dorms uh, and and having that security not really available to them, uh, it's a it's a great it's a great thing. I mean, the, especially you guys consider these are athletes who need to you know have diet. They need to have you know um, obviously can't be eating at McDonald's every day. You end up looking like me. Um, <laughs> but you know the, the there's a lot that can be done on the benefit of players. Uh, you know, I'm sure somewhere along the line there's going to be you know, some sort of uh, profit sharing, you know, uh, X amount of profits may need to go to players and, and all that. So it's a good thing. It's, it's going to make the, the, I think it'll make the, uh, the quality of play a little bit better for the players. I think it'll make the second division a more, um, a more, a more lucrative, not lucrative. That's not the word yeah, I'm looking for. I'm, definitely, definitely it, more attractive yes. to players uh, to want to come here. Especially, um, and which again, is a huge thing. Yeah, you, and you get players who are overseas. Um, you know, when when you, when you, if they're given the choice of you know playing in second division Sweden versus second division in the United States, um, it becomes that much more attractive knowing that there's that sort of 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 uh, stability and and collective bargaining and, and being unionized. So, 
I think it's a great thing for the players. I think uh, I think it's a great thing for U.S. soccer. Period. Um, it'll open up things. Uh, you know, for from our stand, from my standpoint, from your standpoint, from like a media standpoint, it'll open up things to where we can get an idea of what players actually made make instead of having things kind of be the hush-hush. iron the iron curtain of uh, of no uh no publicity what no transparency whatsoever yeah the the uh, you, yeah you talk about your where you live and and uh your living conditions and uh you're gonna be blackballed so yeah it's it's a great thing and, and i'm glad you brought it up because um, it's it's something that that bodes well for uh i think both for the usl and for u.s soccer and mls because mls is uh collective bargaining agreement has helped the players tremendously um, you know, we can always look up at any moment to see what players are making. There's concrete rules that the MLS has to follow for players that are being loaned out. Um, that, that's part of the collective bargaining agreement. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it and seeing how it progresses. And uh, um, I can't imagine anything but good things coming out of it. I, I also, to, to touch on that, I also, when we were talking earlier about, you know, um, the the a lot of our players who are out of contract not being signing uh not being signed it, it makes me kind of wonder if perhaps some of these clubs are waiting to find out what the results of of this uh agreement are before they you know jump off the deep end with signing a bunch of players um, yeah. um, whether whether there's a little bit of uh cold feet or apprehension about uh getting too deep before they know what they're going to be in for um, which is the one potentially tiny negative side to the whole uh, collective bargaining agreement, but I I think in as a whole it's very positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's I, I can imagine maybe maybe a newer team might might be uh, looking more down down scope at what exactly you know uh, kind of whole po- keeping their checkbook closed, so to speak, to, for waiting for the new collective bargaining agreement. But uh, this season, I think there's more, probably more, I mean, the league actually put on the website what players are out of contract, who was, uh, who had options picked up, who are just continuing a contract, which is something they've never done before. If we, yeah. uh, if, you know, you, you can go to the USL's website and you can see exactly uh, who's, um, you know Jamal Jack for us his option was picked up uh, Shane Malcolm re-signed a new contract um, Said Robinson his option was picked up Jordan Schweitzer was re-signed um, Stuart Seuss remained under contract Jordan Burt re-signed so it's it, it, that 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 just right there is a lot more information than we've ever gotten I mean before we were always told that Basically, contracts were were one, two years, one year with a one year option for everybody speaking, and basically everyone was year to year, unless the team wanted you back. And we got no details at all. So, the fact that the USL is publicly making these distinctions um, is is good. Good is the type of transparency we haven't seen before. So, um, and I'd like to think that that might be in part to the impending collective bargaining agreement coming from the the players association. I like it. I Word. Like it. I'm glad I brought it up then. <laughs> I am too. I, I, I would, have, would have like called you back in an hour and be like, oh, we forgot to talk about the union, man. So to recap, you know, we've got the affiliation with the Rapids. We've got stadium issues. 
We've got all the free agent signings, uh, re-signings, player exiting. We've got the Four Corners Cup. We've got uh, the new GM going back to the Rapids affiliation. And we've got um, the fifth year of the team. It starts in less than two weeks. Uh, if you had told me back in 2016 if I thought we would be here for 2019, eh, I may have kind of been a bit hesitant to uh, make a bet on that. But uh, it seems like things are starting to, p- to pick up. And um, whereas before I thought, boy, I hope we make it to 2019, now it's like, wow, I can imagine this team in three, four, five years. So, um, yeah. yeah, I I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, I know that in in the first season of Backchat, when uh, when it was myself and Mark Turner, um, we we definitely talked about how you know Colorado Springs and and sports teams don't generally. Um, jive very well yeah um and and things tend to fizzle uh pretty quickly and i i think i think at this point it seems safe to say that the switchbacks are going to be around for a while and you know as a as a monumental soccer fan that uh that just brings me uh, a lot of a lot of peace yeah yeah instead of worrying about you know if the team's gonna make it to next season um our worries are you know are we going to have a very decent, uh, you know, what we're, what we're going to have on the field and, and getting excited about the new stadium and having kind of a big a shoulder to lean on in the Rapids. So, um, yeah, and, and I can focus on my true calling, which is criticizing referees. Oh, OK. I, I know we've gone long, but I've got to tell people this story. Last the last home game of last year, uh, you and I sat together off right off the field um, on the the north on the northeast corner and it was it was you know paul and i and you know my wife and some of our friends had come down and it just happened to be the the side where the line judge runs up and down the assistant ref and we were just you know jaw jacking him the entire time running up and down i know we're not supposed to do it but as media but you know we're having fun with him he was he was you know he was kind of chuckling along at times and (laughs) um there was a point where where there was a hard challenge by one of our guys, uh, got a yellow card. The trainers came out for the other team, checked on the player, and uh, let him continue without without going off the field. And you and I started yelling at the side judge, hey, how can you do this? This is not right. Well, come on, guys, you're an idiot, and things like that. And he, kind of, he turned, to, turned to both of us and says, no, it's a new rule. If you get injured for, and it results in a yellow card, you get to stay on the field. And... <laughs> Paul's like, yeah, yeah, well, I'm going to check on that. <laughs> and <laughs> that that's like the, the main memory I have of the, team, of, of the, uh, the season last year was, was uh, wondering if perhaps we'll see this referee next season. And he asked, he'll ask Paul if he's checked the, uh, the laws of the game to see whether or not that's accurate, you know. Uh. So. Yeah, I, I hope we see him again because <laughs> most most referees they avoid even you know acknowledging any sort existence. of interaction, acknowledging the existence of, of anybody who's you know uh, giving them crap. But uh, he he was a good guy. Yeah, I, I, I appreciated the back the back and forth, yeah. and and you know he put me in my place. So yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was hilarious because you turn around and said that and you're like, well I'm going to check on that and I'll let you know. And he started laughing and we went on the game. That just the, t- the 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 moment that Paul got fact checked by a ref in mid game, I think that's going to live with me forever. So, 
Uh, All right, so let's wrap this up. I mean, we've been going at this now for for kind of gone long. So, um, so yeah, season two weeks. Let's do this. We'll be getting to you after every game. And uh, my name is Jason. My name is Paul. And we are out of here. Thanks, guys. Bye.